All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your spirits. Thank you for your presence here. Um, Thank you that you've called us to be together, uh, to give your name praise, honor, and glory. You're forever exalted. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay. Excuse me. Hold on. Excuse me. When I grew up, there used to be, um, the preachers would have a, a glass of orange juice with like the napkin on top, like, so in case the preacher got, his sugar got low um, during the sermon. Okay. Oh, we didn't do the Walk This Way video. Can we do the Walk This Way video? Sorry. Oh, and... know what to say. We uh, are in a sermon series, it's called Walk This Way. Basically the word, uh, scripture uses the word walk to talk about how to live your life. And there's a bunch of different verses in there that say, do this, walk this way, walk this way. So we've done walk in the spirit, we've done walk in the light. Jonathan Chan uh, preached down, Doug preached down last week while walking the spirit. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, We've also talked about um, oh, I preached on it the very first time. Walk in, walk by faith and not by sight. Thanks, y'all. Um, so yeah, today we're gonna do walk in love. All right. So last, y'all, this is a tough one. I don't feel, you know, it's a, it's tight, but it's right. So last week, Doug talked to us about walking in the spirit, right? So he had like this Holy Spirit road. It kind of curved, and that the road that the Holy Spirit lay, uh, lays out for us leads to God's dream for us slash. Destiny and destiny, my sweet baby, right here was a great object lesson. And so, there are some distractions on either side of Holy Spirit Road. And on one side, we had Try Harder Island, and you could get off the Holy Spirit Road and land in Try Harder Island. And the and uh, Try Harder Try Harder Island's constitution was built on righteousness comes by works alone, closely followed by its tagline: "You can't be born in; you've got to earn your way in." And it is laborious to be living in Try Harder Island. And then on the other side, we had if it feels good. Do it city, which is, if I'm going to get off Holy Spirit Road, that's where I'd like to hang out, Um, but it's sin. Their constitution is built on (laughs) all of your heart's desires are good and can be trusted. Follow them. Nothing you do matters, YOLO. And uh, that message, that message that got, uh, that David, uh, that Doug uh, gave to us was a grace to all of us because it reminds us a life of holiness is what's expected. But we don't have the power to carry that out on our own. And I'm really glad that that sermon came before this one because I think we'd be a little bit nervous. So let's dive in. Stand up if you can. If you are willing, we're going to read God's word. We're starting in Ephesians chapter 5. 
Let's read it all together. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God, Jesus. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing unto the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you will walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord. All right, you guys can have your seats. So like I said, preaching texts like this stress me. Because when I see this, I initially see a list of behavior modification. And we talk about, yo, being a Christian isn't just about changing your actions. It's about being made new in the love of God. It's about being restored to my rightful place as a son or a daughter or as a co-ruler with God. But then I had to look at the text and get myself together. So that's what we're going to do. So it's chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, starts with the word, therefore. And you always got to see what the therefore is. Therefore. Therefore. So at the end of the previous chapter, we're not going to read it, but at the end of chapter 4 in Ephesians, Paul is talking about newness of life, living a new life. And he juxtaposes the works of the old life before conversion with the new life after conversion. And his point is that there should be some type of notable change in one's life as a result of the acceptance of the gospel. And y'all, there is a long list of do's and don'ts. It's a laundry list. 
And so that's what comes in the verses preceding uh, verses one and two of chapter five. Can you put up chapter, Elena, can you put up chapter uh, verses one in the beginning? But then what I noticed was after verses one and after verses one and two, there was another laundry list of do's and don'ts, ways to regulate your behavior. And I was like, well, there must be something pretty special about verses one and two. So let's zone in there. And it says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Just Paul is just relying on like an everyday fact. Kids learn based on what their parents do. Kids learn how to walk. They learn how to talk by watching their parents and trying to do the things that they see them do. And Paul is just saying, yo, if you want to learn to live like God, if you want to live like Jesus Christ, do what you see God doing. And we have the perfect example of how to live like our father in Jesus Christ. Let's go on. And it says, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let's focus in on that word love. Let's talk about that love because Paul says that we know it. He asks us to walk in it and it's familiar to us. He's like, listen, walk in the love that Christ loved you with. And it's the love of God that created man and woman to share in his glory and to share in dominion over the earth. And it's the love of God that when Adam and Eve um, were tempted and literally succumbed to the temptation, God didn't say, forget it. Giving them their own free will didn't work. Let's just scrap earth and start over. But it's the love of God that compels him to initiate a plan of redeeming all things, creation, people, our relationships. It's the love of God that compels the king of glory to leave his throne that we might reign eternally with him. It's the love of God that compelled the God of all created things to lower himself and become just like us, one of his creations. And it's the love of the father that guided the steps of Jesus in forming every single word he preached. It brought him to every person that he healed and it led him to set straight every single religious ruler that tried to trip him up. It's the love of God that led Jesus to the cross, enduring rejection, humiliation, torture, shame, and a miserable death. And it's the love of God that knew that the blood of of goats and bulls would never be sufficient, but it took his own blood to make the perfect sacrifice that would cover and atone for the sins of the world. And it's because of the love of God that the Lamb of God laid down his life for us. And that love makes us over. Because of Christ's love, we've been brought from death to life. We've been brought from darkness to light. We have access to God. We used to be strangers. The Bible says we were once enemies of God. But because of God's love, we've been brought in close. And we are sons and daughters. No longer is there a veil separating humanity and the mighty God. The veil's been torn open because of the love of God. And we can approach our God boldly and with full assurance that he hears us. He accepts us. He approves of us. 
We were drifting purposeless, dependent on fickle things like money, people, and success to keep us stable. But with our identity redeemed as sons and daughters, we're now seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's the love of God. And the love of God shakes us up. It surrounds us and reminds us that we are forgiven and we're loved, that God approves us, approves of us, that we belong to the God of the universe. He knows us and he likes us. That's the love of God. And the love of God gives us a complete head-to-toe makeover, changing us from the inside out. It shows us our sin, and it empowers us to live lives of holiness. In fact, it's the love of God that calls us to holiness. So this is the love that Paul is referencing. He's like, you know this love. You've experienced this love, so walk in it. So, like I said, he has a laundry list of a bunch of stuff and I've condensed it and made my own list of things and here's the thing this is why Paul is doing this because it's like when a child is born a child isn't born automatically knowing how to walk and talk like they have to be shown and Paul is writing these things down because the people he's writing to probably don't know that this is what's expected of him he doesn't say hey listen you've been telling lies so you don't belong to God anymore you what, what Christ did for you on the cross doesn't work for you he's like no I know you've been lying I know you've been doing a little sneaky and tipping don't do that no more because it doesn't reflect your father and your life now should reflect the glory of your father so listen hear that and don't be like i'm not a christian because i'm doing the stuff on the list honey that (laughs) amen when i was making this list y'all every single thing i was like I've struggled with at one point or another. Um, And some of them I'm like, yo, the Lord is making me preach this because he's telling me to get my life right. So, um, and I know that I'm saved. I know that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So, be encouraged. This may be hard. All right, here's a list of things to stop and a list of things to start. They go hand in hand. I don't want to tell y'all to stop doing stuff without giving y'all a plan or for what to actually start doing uh, actually start doing because if you say alright stop telling lies okay well then what I'm supposed to tell um, <laughs> the truth <laughs> okay number one boom stop ignoring the Holy Spirit we'll never get away from this at this church God wants us to know that the ho- and let me tell you something everything I say everything else on this list hangs on that You're not going to be able to live a holy life if you're shutting down the Spirit of God. In chapter 4 it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit because by it you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Y'all, God is speaking to us. He wants to tell us, go this way, not that way. Stop, pause, all that. But if we hear it and we're shutting it down, there's no way we can live holy. There's absolutely none, y'all. So start hearing and obeying. The Spirit of God is speaking to you through God's word, through God's people, through the vicissitudes of life in a big booming voice or in a still small one. This is where you lend your efforts. So remember, I, so when I was preparing the sermon, I was like, I don't want people to think I'm trying to tell them to live on Try Harder Island. But this is the place where you lend your efforts. You lend your efforts to hearing the voice of God and obeying. You lend your efforts to yielding to the Holy Spirit. To softening your heart when you hear the Lord speak. Stop ignoring the Holy Spirit. 
start hearing and obeying. If y'all don't know what I mean by hear and obey, we got a whole month worth of sermons um, on that. Look it up. Boy, you know, it's on our podcast. Number two, stop lying. Stop lying because Christ's word was and is impeccable. And it's the word of God upon, and we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? That's how we're figuring out how to walk in love, right? Modeling ourselves after Jesus. His word was and is impeccable. And it's upon the word of God that we build our entire faith. Isaiah 40 and 8 says that the, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And this is what Isaiah is saying, that everything has its season of fruitfulness. Things are born, things are created, they reach, uh, they're fullness and then they begin to wither and die their effectiveness no longer lasts like a flower is only beautiful for a couple of days if any of y'all go into my office right now i have like two bushels of dead decaying flowers they were beautiful at one time but they're now the petals i mean i guess i could make like a pressed flower thing but they what they were created for as objects of beauty in their fullness no longer exists but isaiah is saying not so with the word of god The word of God is not subject to time like everything else is. Everything has its own season of fruitfulness and beauty. But when time takes over, its beauty and life fades, but not God's word. And whatever God has spoken, you and I can take to the bank. It is faithful and it is true. Time changes. Seasons change. Things fade that were once fruitful. They fade away into death, but not the word of God. Our, our God's word can be trusted. For example, Jesus said he would be put to death and raised to life in three days. It happened. He said he would send his spirit. Absolutely. And we have such a perfect example of a man, of a man plus God, like man and God together, who was impe- impe- <coughs> excuse me, impeccable with his word. And we should strive to emulate that. So stop lying. And being deceptive, you know, you might be like, I'm not telling outright lies, but listen, you're still operating in the spirit of deception. And that's not like our God. That's like our enemy. And like, we have to be honest with ourselves when we're hiding things because uh, we're supposed to stop lying and we should start being truthful and open. Oftentimes we lie and obscure the truth, not to be malicious or hurtful. We do it to protect ourselves. But in reality, we're not really protecting ourselves. We're, protect, we're protecting the projection of ourselves. We're protecting what other people perceive us as. The good Christian, the faithful husband, the anointed prayer warrior. But when we obscure the truth, we cover the places that the light wants to shine in. And that light doesn't just expose y'all, it heals. You ever been outside on a cloudy day? And it's like, like spring, Richmond springtime is awesome for this. You be at the park or wherever on your porch and it's like damp and there's, it's overcast and then the clouds break and like you feel your skin is just warmed with the glorious glow of the sun. It's like that. It's like the sun, it's like the light of truth brings healing to your body. It brings healing to those dark places. It brings healing to your soul. Lies multiply darkness in your life. They spread quickly, but the truth brings life-giving, healing light. The next one is, stop being greedy. 
Paul calls it being covetous. And he also calls it idolatry. Um, the passage, so if we look at verse verse 5 of chapter 5 it says that for you may be sure of this that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure who is covetous that is an idolatry an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God and I just am like well why is being greedy like idolatry idolatry is worshiping something other than God and Tim Keller puts it like this Doug quotes this a lot it says idolatry happens when we make a good thing an ultimate thing It's when I look to anything but God to give me something that only God can give. I need X because I don't know who I am without it. And if I can't have Y, I'll never have peace or be happy. I need it, God. If you don't give it to me, I'll die. That's idolatry. 3A. Stop being a hater. I used to think that being a hater uh, wasn't a real thing. So another element of covetousness is not just wanting something to the point that it's an idol, but it's wanting something desperately that somebody else has. And I used to think that uh, being a hater wasn't a real thing because everybody that said they had haters, I was like, nobody's thinking about you. (laughs) But then I examined my own heart and I realized, oh, I'm a hater. I'm a hating somebody. Don't let somebody get something that I've been wanting and I don't have it yet. And it's not like little small things. Like if I'm going to get my nails done and you have your nails done, that's not really going to matter to me. But it's like the deep things that I've been praying for and you get it with seemingly no effort or I think you don't deserve it. I've been serving God longer and more wholeheartedly than you. Why would God dare to give you that thing before me? I've been looking at God like, why you only love everybody else and not me? Here's what we need to start. Start celebrating others. When that twinge of jealousy kicks up, and it does, and it does, you say, Holy Spirit, take care of this, because I, you know, I'm, it's about to get ugly and weird in my heart. And when opportunities arise, you celebrate the success, the victory, the healing, the breakthrough in the lives of other people. And let me tell you something, the spirit will work out in you some supernatural contentment. The Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Do you know how much peace you get when you're satisfied with what you have? So much of our life, so much of our anxiety, so much like our stomach is in knots. We can't sleep at night. We're pulling our hair out because we're not content with what we have. And we need to get some supernatural contentment. I think a way to do that is celebrate rejoicing with those that rejoice and not being stingy with our praise. We're not being stingy with our celebration. Which leads to the next one. Stop stealing. <clears throat> and here's why. It's because we serve a God who, in thinking about things he could give to save this world, didn't even spare his son. And if he did that, wouldn't he graciously give us all things? And he might be saying, listen, I might, I mean... I might add a couple of dependents to my taxes or I might not give to my church or I may not pay my workers what they're due or I add a couple of hours to my timesheet because Jesus ain't give me all things yet. 
But listen, we have an example of a God who in his love gave of himself to the point of death, but then was raised to life. And y'all, for real, this is a tough word, y'all, especially for me to give here. It's a tough word, but I really feel like this is what God wants y'all to hear. Listen, stop stealing, start opening up your hands. Give what little you do have away. Don't take what does not belong to you. It feels counterintuitive. It feel, what feels natural is I don't have enough. Let me get as much as I can. Let me keep what I do have. But that's not the world we live in as children, children of God. We are citizens. We're children of God's kingdom. Our world is upside down from this world. Security is found in the provision of an invisible God. It's crazy, but y'all, it's true, and you've got to trust it and lend your body, your actions, your heart, your intentions to trusting that your provision comes only from God. The cattle upon a thousand hills are his. There's all the silver and the gold belongs to God, and he said that he would supply your need according to his riches and glory. And y'all, for real, to bring it down real practical, if you're a part of this community and you don't have enough, y'all, we'll make it right. Talk to anybody here in leadership. If you don't have enough to make ends meet, you don't have to steal. Come talk to one of us, and we'll give freely of ourselves. The next one. Stop cussing people, places, and things. <laughs> that includes wishing ill on people and actual profanity against people, places, and things. It includes complaining. Stop killing everybody and everything with the words that you say. You can hold strong opinions without violating the image of God in another human being. That includes the president. I told y'all I said ouch the whole time I'm writing it. Listen, don't think. Jessica, I'm telling on Jessica's business. She said Jessica was um, really saved when she was a kid. And she would walk around. She's still really saved. <laughs> but she said she would walk around telling her friends, can fresh water and salt water come out the same spring? Y'all blessing and cursing at the same time. But that's not like, uh, how can you do that? That's young Jessica. She deep, y'all. She don't just play guitar and sing songs. So stop cussing people, places, and things, but start giving thanks in all things. Bless those who curse you. Constant confessions of gratitude shape our hearts toward God and our hearts toward the world. I was reading a Bible Gateway devotion uh, the other day, literally a couple of days ago, and it was on doubt and how doubt can help form your faith. And there was an anecdote about a man... Um, who was stressed or anxious and his housekeeper, which I was like, okay, you have a housekeeper. But <laughs> I try not to judge him too bad. Like, Lord, you're still working on me. But um, I was like, why are you stressed? <laughs> you can pay your bills. And her bills. Like, that's what I just, okay. And his housekeeper said, um, 
Whenever she feels worried or afraid or anxious or bitter, she drops to her knees and gives God, gives God thanks for everything she can think of. Everything she can think of. I tried it the other day and y'all it worked. So I feel, I feel anxious mm, 40% of the time. And I feel like worried or afraid or I'm freaking out about stuff. And uh, when I was reading that, I was like, yo, I kind of feel like I need to do that. And I literally dropped to my knees and I gave God thanks for everything I could think. And literally the rest of my day was so fruitful. And I attribute it to God. I'm grateful for this man who was writing about his housekeeper. Like, because it for real, like, being grateful just changes your outlook on everything. Like, it just changes. You're not focused on what you don't have. It's just like, yo, I have so much. I'm living the dream. Literally, even if you're not, you are kind of living the dream. So it really blessed me. And even, uh, so I said, stop cussing people, places, and things. But don't take that to mean that you can't speak the truth to power. Because Jesus definitely did that. He talked to the religious leaders, and he held nothing back from them. There's a whole chapter about woe to you, old Pharisees. Um, But they were shutting the... It literally says that the Pharisees... He said the Pharisees were shutting the door of the kingdom in the people's faces. And that sometimes that sounds like more like the church than people outside the church. But check your motivation. Jesus had... He could say that because literally he was he was judging them based on they were ignoring the greater things of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But wasn't nobody more just, wasn't nobody more faithful, wasn't nobody more merciful than Jesus. And I was actually watching, and my point is this, I was watching A Wrinkle in Time last night, the movie, and the actress says this, in order to be great, you have to be more than just right. You have to actually be great. And that's what Jesus did. Like, he was right. He could have just said, whatever he said would have been true, but he lived that life. He lived a life of condescending to men of low estate. He lived a life of faithfulness. He lived a life of charity. He lived a life of gentleness and patience and kindness and truth. So, when you speak in the truth and power, check your motivation. Don't just do it so you can be right and win the argument. Do it out of love, just like Jesus did every single thing, out of love for the world. The next one, stop giving your body away. And it means what you think it means. (sighs) Hebrews chapter 4 says, 15 says, For we do not, because remember, Jesus is our example in all things, right? Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Y'all, I'm sure Jesus has some lonely nights. But he was yet without sin. It's possible because he gave his power to us. He led that perfect life so that we have a way to go. So we know, okay, I got to do this, not this. Like he did it, but he shared his power with us. It was his immense love for us that kept him from sneaking and dipping and tipping. I'm preaching better than y'all talking. (laughs) This is a word for married folks too. Because I was talking about being single because I just, I can't just 
give my body to whoever I want to just because I'm tired of not doing that or because I'm lonely or because I'm bored or because it's the opportune time. But married folks as well. I mean, your body, so our bodies belong to God, right? It says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living in us and our lives are not our own. So we have this like thing, like I'm living this life in the flesh. Galatians chapter two says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me in this life, which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of, of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we all, every single one of us in here are like, yo, this body, this life, it belongs to God. I'm offering it as, offering it as a sacrifice every single day. Mary folks, y'all got that and y'all got to give your bodies to your spouse too. I don't know. Be encouraged with that because <laughs> but for real. But that doesn't mean that your body is not yours to care for. Yours to enjoy. By all means, care for and adorn the temple of God. But what you ain't putting to do is lend it to the works of darkness because you feel like it. You do not have freedom with that. And the Listen, the list in Ephesians 5 is long. It will tell you exactly what the works of darkness are. So stop giving your body away. Start treating your body like the temple it is. Give it full access to God. Don't rely on alcohol, food, sex to give you the buzz that you need. So the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your body and will continually fill you again and again and again. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so we used to call it like being drunk in the spirit, and we'd get high on Christ. Um, but for real though, like nothing satisf- nothing satisfies the way that Jesus satisfies. We're all searching for something that's going to fill that God-sized void in our lives, and everything else fails. Everything else fails except Jesus. I'm going to invite the band back up. And you might be thinking, okay, Aaron, but why though? Because I want to look at um, verse verse two, because it says, "And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God." The life that God honors and accepts is a life of sacrifice on behalf of the good of others. Y'all, all of this is for other people. You don't just do it for you, it's for them. It's for them out there that are still in darkness. It's for them out there that don't know that there's a God who loves them. It's for them out there who are looking and searching and building their strength, building their identity on things that are shifting ground, sinking sand. It's for them. We live lives of holiness and godliness for them. So that our life testifies of the God that loves us and cares for us and that wants to love them and care for them and is welcoming them home. Y'all, we do it just like somebody did it for you. For you, someone imitated Jesus enough, maybe imperfectly, for you to say, I want this. This is for me. We live yielded lives so that all may come to know Jesus Christ.
So when people say, dang, how can I get like you? You got so much patience. You're so kind. You're loving. You got self-control. You used to cuss everybody out and now you don't. You used to be really disrespectful, but you don't do that anymore. You used to get trashed all the time, but you don't do that anymore. And you can say with boldness, with confidence, and with honesty, Jesus Christ changed my entire life and he can change yours too. Y'all, we're living, we're living epistles. We are living letters of the love of God to the world. That's why we walk in love. Just like Jesus, he walked on this earth for us. We are now walking on this earth for everyone else, for them to be welcomed into the family. And y'all, for real, dying to your flesh, dying to your own will, dying to your desires feels like a drag. It's like, man, I don't want to do this. This isn't fun. Um, It's easier to be to just live my life the way I want to than it is to do right. And y'all, that's true. It can be true for it to feel like a drag to be obedient to the leading of the Spirit of God. But y'all, true freedom is the fruit of obedience. There's true life, there's true liberty when we obey God, when we hear what God says and we obey. So in closing... We're going to have a couple moments of response. The band is actually going to sing um, a song we sung earlier one more time, Clean Heart. And during the response, the prayer team is going to be along the walls. You guys can uh, pray with them. But before um, before you do that, on that list of things, which isn't exhaustive, by the way, um, did one or two stick out? Was there a prick on your heart or an ouch in your spirit? Take a moment and reflect. I want you to remember that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He gives us his spirit for moments exactly like this, not to condemn us, but to lead us into the victorious life in light of his love. So I would say as you're reflecting on that one on those one or two things because y'all this is a process the process of sanctification is going to take our whole lives to get right he's making us more and more like jesus every single day but i say give the spirit of god permission to bring to your attention that one or two things so that when you feel anger rising up on you when you get ready to hold a grudge or have a tooth you say holy spirit i give you permission to call me out on this And the Holy Spirit will. The band is going to sing and the Shekinah is going to come and lead us in our time of communion. But I would encourage each of us, as we have that thing in our mind and as we're releasing, we're giving permission to the Holy Spirit to lead us. We're giving permission to the Holy Spirit to empower us. Because the Holy Spirit empowers those who would be empowered. The Holy Spirit empowers those who want to live empowered lives. I suggest that you go and pray with some, with one of our elders, with one of our prayer, uh, with one of our prayer team, 
just get some extra spiritual oomph, some extra spiritual strength. Join your faith with theirs. It's, it's our goal as a church that each of us would go and receive prayer, that each of us would bodily, physically respond in a large gathering once a month. Because there's something about when we join our minds with our bodies, and like things line up in the spiritual realm. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that is truth and it is life. Thank you that you call us to holiness, but thank you that you give us the power to live holy. Lord, I pray that we will remember that we are lights in this dark world, and that we are representing you and your kingdom, and that there's freedom here, there's joy here, there's peace here. We love you, Lord.